Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to today's episode of Legal Marketing Station. I'm very excited for you guys all to meet our guest today. We are going to have bankruptcy attorney Brad Sadek with us, founder of Sadek & Cooper in Philadelphia. He is going to share with us his secrets on how he has gotten his firm to become the number one bankruptcy filer in Philadelphia and still is today. I know you guys are all going to be jaw dropped when you hear when Brad got started in digital marketing, because I'm pretty positive I didn't even know what a search engine was when he did get started. So one sec, guys, and we'll be right back with Brad. Welcome to Legal Marketing Station with Jason, with your host, Jason Craver co-owner of Telegenic Marketing and co-creator of Local Legal Authorities, the best exclusive legal directory. Each week, we bring you attorney, legal vendor, and legal marketer interviews, along with marketing tips with tutorials you can implement. Pick up the most up-to-date marketing methods and techniques in the legal industry that will get your business results. Now back to this week's show with your host, Jason Craver. Well, thank you guys for joining us here today on Legal Marketing Station. I have already gave you guys a great introduction of Brad Sadek we have here today. And I'm going to just pass it over to him real quick for him to give you guys a little bit of an introduction of himself and what really made him choose to become a lawyer. All right. <laughs> thank you so much again for having me. Um, I would love to say... It was my lifelong dream to become a lawyer. You know, you always have that kid that talks in class or likes history or English or something of that nature. And then they naturally progress to being a lawyer. Um, my story is a little bit different. Um, in college, I had a roommate that was actually taking the LSAT, which is the entry exam, uh, kind of like the SATs to get into college, the LSATs are to get into law school. And he was so nervous about the test. And it was his lifelong dream to become a lawyer. And, you know, I said to him, I'll take the test with you. He goes, really? I said, sure. And he felt so much better about it that I was taking it with him. And of course, the night before I was going to say, ah, forget about this. But I did it. And I took it with him. And I didn't go right to law school. I actually worked for an investment company in Philadelphia. And while I was working there, I got a, a, a postcard that said, start law school in January. So January of 2000, because uh, I had already taken the LSAT, uh, because I got the postcard, I went to law school. And then I finished and I you know, I, I somewhat liked it. I took the bar exam. I did not like that. But I do love the actual practice of law. And even though I kind of went off the beaten path to get there, I really can't see myself doing anything else. That is awesome. So you took a test to get preceded before you actually had that commitment or kind of understand right, that right. did you study for the test with him or did you no, kind of no, no 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 i wasn't gonna i'm not i'm not that nice uh no <laughs> i kind of took the test it's more of an analytical test like okay 
A, B, and C are going down a slide and, you know, this one has to go before this one and this one has to go after this one. And then what's the order? And then they rearrange the, pre the parameters and then they say, so what is the next order? So the test is not about knowledge. It's, it's all about thinking like a lawyer. And, you know, the test is pretty good because being a lawyer is open book. It's not about the case law that you memorize. It's about how you think. So I think there is some correlation between the test, the LSAT, and actually being an attorney. That uh, definitely got you right in the path, right out the gate there. So <laughs> um, yeah, if I, if I could have had something steer me that direction, that would have been awesome. Um, so yeah. Backing on the fact that you are became a lawyer, and so we know that you own your own firm, and what was the leading factors behind you choosing to start your own law firm compared to joining somebody else's practice, or did you join somebody else's practice? I did. I did. I started out in the typical route where people go to law school and they want to join the biggest law firm they can. And I did, and I worked 11, 12 hours a day, and I didn't see the light of day. Um, and I didn't really enjoy it. I, I always thought, well, I want to be with people. I want to directly help people. I want to see a result. I want to, I, I really didn't like the idea of just being locked in a room. So I left the huge law firm for a smaller law firm. And then I bounced around from law firm to law firm for about two years. And I learned a lot. I really learned what they do wrong. Um, and I took those lessons, what they do wrong. And I said, you know, I'm all 27 years old now. And it was in 2006. And I said, I can do this on my own. And I don't need all of these clients. I just need 5%, 10%, and I'll be okay. And I started my practice in February of 2006 with zero clients. And I was scared, and I was hungry, and I did not have a tremendous amount of experience. Um, but I did know bankruptcy, and I did know related areas of law. And because it was just me, and I didn't have a paralegal or a secretary or anybody else to rely on, that forced me to not just know the law, but the intricacies of filing and you know how an office actually works. So especially in the beginning stages, I mean, I networked the computers myself. I you know, got the mail, I still do. I still get the docket on a daily basis. And those things are very hard for me to give up. And people say, well, Brad, you have employees. And I, I still look at every day as new, as if I had zero clients. And what can I do? And I think any small business owner, you have to wear a lot of hats. And, um, you know, some of the lessons that I learned were not charging for a consultation. You know, I, I don't like that idea. As a bankruptcy lawyer, I help people that don't have a lot of money. And some firms, they'll charge $100, $200, $300 to people for a consultation. And 
I, I don't believe in doing that. I believe in at least the half an hour free uh, for a couple reasons. Well, first of all, they don't have money for a consultation. And uh, secondly, I would hate to say to somebody, thank you for your money, but I can't help you. I think that would be horrible. So, you know, the people that I help, their life is about peaks and valleys and finances are about, you know, peaks and valleys. And I help people that are in the valley where they don't have as much money as they normally would. Um, so I want to do free consultations. I want affordable payments. I want affordable payment plans. And I really want to give people direct. Uh, one of the reasons why I like bankruptcy so much is I can tell them what is going to happen in their case. It's more foreseeable, unlike litigation where there's twists and turns and you know branches that grow off a tree. In bankruptcy, I can really give them a timeline and say, this is what's going to happen. And, and when people come to me and they're so unsure of their future, that's really comforting. Yeah, there's a lot of bankruptcy attorneys in my perspective that do charge that consultation fee. And that is kind of like uh, exactly what you said. It's, it's like twisting their arm before they're about to get their arm twisted right. a lot more. And it just doesn't make full sense. So that's awesome that you guys do offer that free consultation. And I'm sure that is key to just getting those clients introduced into your service. And it's always with me too, Jason. Um, I do all of the new consultations, which lately it's just been making my days longer and longer. But I think it's really important because that file is going to be on my desk. And I want to make sure you know, that I ask the questions that need to be asked and tell the people what they need to be told based on their individual circumstance and not have a conversation. Well, I talked to this person and they told me this. So even though we've grown, even though we have seven lawyers, I still try, you know, to have my, you know, literally have my hands in every case. Well, that's, that's awesome. I'm sure that gets the consumers and your clients a better experience all in all and and that's I feel like the, a gap in a lot of attorneys is the relationship side of it it's they just think it's a service that they're providing but it's you're really trying to create a relationship with that attorney to, to get the best you know, that's why attorneys are referred to as counselors and our rules of professional conduct even talk about being counselors of law you know, we're helping people, you know, in most areas of law, you know, bankruptcy included, but it's when people need help, it's where they need counseling. It's not just the service, you know, it's counseling as well. I mean, right. I, I always say the only thing I can really think about in law where people are happy and they're excited to go to a lawyer is a real estate settlement. The buyer's happy, the seller's happy. Every other time, it's not about a great thing. You know, it's a, a divorce, a bankruptcy, or, oh, I'm going to have a will written or something of the like. I mean, who wants to think about that? Where are my kids going to go? Where's my money going to go when I die? I mean, you know, realistically, you know, every other time that people hire a lawyer, you know, outside of, 
you know, some contracts, a lease, starting a business, et cetera. But most situations, it's something that people have to do and not what they necessarily want to do. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure with your guys' other main practice that you guys have being divorced, <laughs> you right, probably right. get the experience of uh, I, the I, full nine-yard other angle. Right. And I always say bankruptcy and divorce <laughs> go together like peanut butter and jelly. It just doesn't taste nearly as good. Um, two things that people just don't want to do. We try to make the experience palatable and fun and give the best guidance we can. But realistically, nobody wants to do either. True. True. I'm, I'm, that is a factual statement right there. Yeah. So, well, awesome. So in that first statement, you said when you started out when you were 27, I think you said. 27. You started when you were 27 and you made the statement that you had no clients. Zero. So what was your focus in the beginning of starting to uh, get in front of people and get clients? Well, I actually didn't quite think this through when I quit my job previous to starting my practice. And I remember, you know, that January, I spent planning every day. What am I going to do? I even started advertising before we opened just so on day one, I had clients. Um, my lease didn't start until February the 1st. So I spent January, okay, this is what I need to do. Well, in 2006, it was the early days of smartphones. Blackberries, uh, I think the first iPhones had just come out. Yeah, I was very, very lucky. I was very lucky because it was just starting and I needed a way to get clients in the door. I did not have a reputation over 15 or 20 years. I was an employee at different places for a period of two to three years and that's it. Um, I called the Yellow Pages and the Donnelly Directory. Well, the going rate for a page in Philadelphia was $50,000, $50,000 for a page. And I said, Oh, no, that's not going to work. Well, I went to the web. And I went to the web and I bought sadiclaw.com and I bought Philadelphia bankruptcy lawyer.com. And every website related to Philadelphia and bankruptcy that you can imagine.com. And I parked them all on sadiclaw.com and I had some internal linking strategy. And way back when there was something called Google Starter. Yeah. A pay-per-click campaign before it just became regular AdWords. Right. Uh, there, there's actually shades of um, pay-per-click starter in Google Map Ads uh, today. I, I see a big... Um, correlation between the two but um yeah yeah they're they're very similar and um you know so i started that way um with a website that i, I remember drawing it on pieces of paper and um I, I i came across someone i think on craigslist that charged me four hundred dollars to build it i i took it i put That's it amazing. on GoDaddy. Um, and if you go on the Wayback Machine, um, 
it's not a bad site, you know. Um, I, I forget the name of that website that shows the progression of websites over the years. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I did look at it about a year or two ago, and it wasn't bad at all, especially for the time. Um, because I started so early, I, I really, on the internet, I really got lucky. And even today, I really believe in internet advertising, especially for lawyers. Um, the other day, uh, somebody called me, I get phone calls all the time, and they do um, placemat advertising for diners. And they told me thousands of people are going to see it. You have people's captive attention for 20, 30, 40 minutes. And I thought, well, wait a second. For those 20, 30, 40 minutes that somebody's sitting in a diner, what are they doing? They want to forget about all their problems. They want to have lunch or dinner or breakfast with uh, their friends or their family. It's like advertising Weight Watchers at IHOP. It doesn't work. Right. You know, so what I look at is more of an inbound marketing approach, not to get too technical, of course, because I'm, I'm a lawyer first and, um, you know, I'm kind of a self-trained uh, marketing person second. Um, but I always try an inbound approach, especially for things that people don't necessarily want but need. Right. Uh, you know, if it was a Ford or a Chevy, uh, you know, something that people want, such as a new car, I think that would be a lot easier. You know, then you can try more branded. But I want to be where people are looking when they need the service. And I truly think that is the internet. Um, and especially the smartphone, because our smartphones are so personalized to us. And, you know, people can take that personalized information and ask Google questions. And I want to do my best to be there and give people good information. So when they are ready, you know, they do call us and that information turns into a consultation. Um, and that's the best information they're going to get because, you know, although bankruptcy is a system like workers comp is a system, it's always tailored to the person's specific information. So right. the internet, whether it's our site, whether it's the internet in general, it's only so good when we're actually talking about the intricacies of somebody's actual case. It's a great backstory. And oh my gosh, the fact that you started a website in 2006, yeah. that is... <laughs> That is awesome, and that definitely explains the backstory a little bit more. And just for everybody listening, so he said that he bought SadekandCooper.com, and he said he also SadekLaw.com. I think at the time, Cooper, my law partner, was probably still uh, still in high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Not six years younger than me, but he's he's very accomplished. I mean. For a guy that's not even 40, he's knocking on the door of it. He's, uh, he's amazing. That's SadicLaw.com. So SadicLaw.com. Yeah. And you bought PhiladelphiaBankruptcyLawyer.com. Yeah. And just for everybody listening, I would love for you guys, if you're in front of a computer, type in Philadelphia Bankruptcy Lawyer. And he still takes the top spot in Google today. And that does just give you that understanding of 
time does have like a play, but you took the best strategy when it was be like an operating strategy because that doesn't work as well for SEO is buying the exact match domain, but you beat, beat to the punch before it even started. And yeah, no, that's awesome to see that you had that and you still, what is it? 15 years okay. later, oh after God. that, still rank number one for that same terminology. Jason, and then what we used to do, which doesn't work anymore either, was let's say we were opening up an office in Bucks County uh, we would buy the domain or a similar domain like Bucks County Bankruptcy Lawyer.com, you know, and that used to work right. very, very well with those uh, branded uh, websites. You know, now we just use sadiclaw.com slash Bucks County. Right. But, um, you know, back in the day, you know, you could just buy a branded uh, website. And, um, you know, put it on to a Google My Business profile. And it was management of a lot of sites, you know, as many offices as you have. But that used to definitely work. Now, what we do is we just do that internal linking, um, you know, which, you know, it's a, you know, SEO is a combination of a lot of little things. It is. It probably works a little bit, uh, that internal linking, but it's not everything like it used to be. Right, right. Well, that location page realm kind of came out like probably three to four years ago where it was like, oh, instead of building a completely different, in a sense, microsite was the term kind of going around in the industry. Let's build that microsite on your website because Google already knows this website and that's where, yeah, no, it takes... Yeah. takes a different approach, but that's so cool just learning the background of that. And I'm sure in 20, 2006, you uh, got a lot of cases because of that, because it was such a new thing that everybody was driving yeah. to. Yeah, but I was still competing with the Yellow Pages. People weren't yet going to their cell phones. And when, once they started, I mean, lawyers are incredibly smart, incredibly aggressive people. Once it started, you know, you know, the attention shifted from the yellow pages to the cell phones. Um, you know, my my competition, you know, I don't like to say that, but, uh, you know, I'm not the only bankruptcy lawyer in Philadelphia or the greater Philadelphia area or in New Jersey. Um, so everybody else started shifting to the Web as well. But, um, you know, we were we were first. Well, that's why you're potentially still first today, but I also know that your strategies are still stellar today, so you've, you've kept up with it all. Um, so while we're on the marketing side of it, sure. so everyone knows in the intro, I fluffed it up and I, I told them all the, the facts of it. You, got, you guys are the number one bankruptcy filer in Philadelphia, and that's an awesome statement. Obviously, we know Philadelphia is a huge city and a huge demographic. If you would say, and this is going to get a little technical, and obviously you said web in the beginning of this, what form of marketing, including referrals, so word of mouth can be included in this, would you say has helped grow your firm over the years the most? 
besides the internet? Because there's... The internet could be it as well. So that's what I was kind of saying. It is the internet number one and referrals number two. Um, referrals in our business are tough. Um, we, you know, today we live in like this social media kind of world where people are putting on uh, their Facebook or their Instagram or all this other stuff that I don't understand. Um, <laughs> I use and Twitter and, you know, who has time for it all? And now there's TikTok. I mean, <laughs> it's, there's a lot of stuff and people are putting on there where they're going, what they're eating, their new cars, what they have. It's all a show. You know, right. it's all a show. People have problems out there. Um, so in today's world, you know, where we live in this, you know, constant show of social media, especially, I don't know if people are talking about their finances or lack of finances or their questions. I think it may be perceived as uncool or something of the like. And it's very, very difficult for referral purposes. Um, you know, if somebody's looking for a car and they, their friend just bought a car and uh, they're looking at a Jeep Wrangler and the, the friend will say, oh, go see my, my guy. He gave me a great value for my trade. I love my Jeep Wrangler. He got me the perfect green color. Nobody is going to say, you know, I filed bankruptcy. You got to go see my bankruptcy lawyer. I could do the best job in the world, but it just goes back to it's something people don't talk about. You know, if people talk about, oh, I broke my ankle and my doctor was wonderful. You should go see him. That is socially accepted. But finances have never been socially accepted. And I think that's why people get into problems as well. First of all, it's so easy to do so. Our whole economy is predicated on financing and people don't talk about it. Right. Um, and therefore they don't learn from their peers and their, you know, sometimes, you know, their colleagues or even their parents. Um, it's something that people figure out on their own and sometimes the really, really hard way at all income brackets. So, you know, referrals are number two. And I appreciate it so much every time I get one, but the, it, it is not a close second whatsoever to the internet. Um, even reviews. Um, you know, I see these different, you know, businesses with reviews, movie theaters, car dealerships, uh, you, you know, Best Buy. They have thousands and thousands of reviews. For me to get a review, it is, you know, just, you don't even have to write anything. Just click five stars. Brad, you did a wonderful job. I'll say, you, you know, they say, I'll send you a letter. Uh, you know, I used to get all these cards. I have them in my office, but we send the link like most businesses do. And we get phone calls. And to me, that means the most. But people are so hesitant to even leave a review just because the way they perceive society, how it looks at finances. Right. And I think the same holds true in, you know, the family law arena as well. You know, we help people on, we have two sides of our practice. Well, three sides of our practice. We do bankruptcy, family law, and estates. Um, where family law, 
you know, it's almost looked down upon if somebody has a custody dispute. Right. Court or, so, or, you know, divorce is a little bit more mainstream, but, you know, it's very, very hard to get referrals in that, that area as well. So the internet is equally as important as bankruptcy. Now, as far as wills and estates and everything else, I, I think we do get more per, percentage-wise reviews from our wills and estates practice um, than the other two. But uh, again, the internet is, you know, <laughs> the internet's really by far the number one. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I've heard a couple of different opinions, but that was from more of the personal injury side. So I could definitely see how a personal injury side might lead to more referrals because, you know, if you just got $50,000 off a settlement that you didn't think you were potentially getting $5,000 for, you know, next time your friend says they get in an accident, it might be like, yeah, yeah, 100% see it. I don't see any uh, women or guys going to be like, I just had the best divorce attorney. You guys should That's get right, divorced. Right. <laughs> well, well, the new thing now is I, I was talking to a client the other day. He called and, you know, of course, Pat and our team of divorce lawyers handled his case. But I, I like picking up the phone. I, I can't stop picking up the phone. I do it every day. If I'm, if I'm not on the phone, I'm picking up the phone. Um, and he said, Brad, I'm going to have a party. And I said, for what? He goes, my divorce was over last week and I'm going to have a divorce party. So he was so happy. <laughs> now, now he may give us some referrals, but the 10% <laughs> won't. You're like, wait, I'm going to that party That's because right. now I'm going to no, be. I'm not allowed. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm married. I have three kids. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I, I haven't played golf in seven years. My my twins are seven. No, <laughs> it sounds like the best networking event you could go to. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. <laughs> well, that's great to hear that the internet has done so well for you. Obviously, as I'm a digital marketer, that's good to hear. Um, everybody always says, you know, most people will stick it to you. I mean, like referrals still gives me more than internet, but it's good to hear that your practice is driving that and yeah, really yeah. kind of what it's built on. It, it needs that too. Sure. And some people could potentially rely, rely on just referrals and you guys yeah, definitely need that full piece. Yeah. We have a pretty high volume practice and, you know, if somebody has a referral practice, they, you know, they probably don't need or want the volume of cases that we have. But with volume, we also have a team. Um, you know, if I'm in court and somebody calls, you know, I have lawyers that work with me and staff that works with me. They can answer most of the questions and that client doesn't have to wait. I mean, our phones are literally answered 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's awesome. I can do that myself. I've That's tried. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you got to sleep at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So internet was your number one performer. This is going to go a little more technical into that performance. Okay. So internet, digital marketing, there's a lot of different elements to it. We know we've mentioned SEO. We've mentioned PPC. You mentioned local service ads, the new, new kid on the block there. Yeah. Yeah. 
what would you say, and obviously it probably could have changed over your time of having the firm, but what would you say out of, if you could pick one, one type of digital marketing component that would have performed the best for your firm, could you dial it down to something? SES. It would be SES. Um, I think as far as clients go, not clicks. I, okay. I think if I did an aggressive pay-per-click campaign, I could get a lot of clicks. I may not be getting people that are seriously interested in learning about bankruptcy and related areas of law. Um, I may get people that just want to call that are just, you know, what's the difference between a chapter seven and a chapter 13, and they want an answer. But somebody who is really considering a bankruptcy is a person that is going to do research and they're going to learn about it, not just go to a landing page, which is okay for branding, but the person that is going to take time to read blogs um, and read blogs and listen to, you know, video appearances and radio appearances. That is the person that when I get on the phone with them, that is the person that is asking me the questions um, that I know they've done their research and they're seriously interested in filing. And they may even know that they need to file. It's just what is, who is the best fit for them? Uh, local services ads, you know, they're, they're okay. They're at the top. Um, you know, I could raise my local services ads budget on a daily basis. I'm not getting more clicks. What I found with them, it's a limited click pool. It's extremely expensive. Um, yes, I have gotten clients from it. However, it's overall, I think true SEO is going to be the best um, the, where, where there's the most research from the webpage available. I think number two would be the maps. Um, I, I always say people wanna hire a lawyer with a close proximity to them that specializes in the area of law that they're looking for. So the maps would be the geographic um, and the SEO would be, you know, the specialization. So um, pay-per-click would be number three. And also the problem we have with pay-per-click with bankruptcy is, well, it's kind of a protected, uh, it's one of those protected um, classes as is family law where we can't remarket um, and we're very limited what we can say in our ads and how aggressive we can be because it is regarding financial services. Right. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not very pay-per-click heavy whatsoever. And has it hurt us? I, I don't know. But, you know, SEO has just been the absolute best. And it's also the hardest. Um, you know, we're writing content on a per town basis where it used to be the counties. You know, we would write a blog about you know, or an article or blog or an area serve page. I, I think Google sees it somewhat similar yep. uh, to one another um, as long as it's new content and then it's crawlable. But we used to do, okay, we're going to write for Camden County, New Jersey. It's not enough anymore. We need a page for Cherry Hill and a page for Voorhees. And in Philadelphia, it's not enough to just have Philadelphia. We need Northeast Philly and South Philly and West Philly. 
Um, so we're writing content for all of these different areas and all these different neighborhoods as Google is getting, I mean, they're, they're so smart, but uh, you know, it's, it's redundant to say Google's getting even smarter and they're getting even more localized. Um, Definitely. So, you know, we're doing our best and we're probably producing more content than ever. Um, just writing localized pages so we can come up in those searches. I mean, Philadelphia bankruptcy lawyer is great, but the area is so much better. The greater Philadelphia area, which encompasses Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delaware County, and also into New Jersey. Um, I live in New Jersey. I work in Philadelphia. I started in Philadelphia while I was living there. Um, I grew up in the shadows of Philadelphia, but on the New Jersey side. Um, you know, the, it's, the states are so close to one another, you know, and that's why we practice on both sides of the bridge. But, you know, it's a very wide geographic base. And, you know, I, I want to rank, you know, number one for, you know, Trevos bankruptcy lawyer as well. Because if I, someone's there, that's what they're searching. Or if they're typing in bankruptcy lawyer, well, then, you know, uh, Google knows their geographic area. So my Trevo's bankruptcy lawyer, you know, uh, page, you know, ranks number one. That's awesome. Yeah, that goes back into that location page concept of really it's once you have a location page of practice, you can really go any location, any practice and niche down to it. And that's what will perform better in this, in this day and age right now, for sure. And that's the hard part too with every attorney doing that because there is a lot of websites doing that. That is what you were saying of why you have to niche so farther down into the actual practice and location instead of the county because it's like, yeah, now you have a hundred attorneys that are also doing that. So they have the same chance of putting out that same kind of URL structure. Um, but that was very interesting that you said local service ads that you could increase your budget and it's not going to give you any more clicks because we've had that same experience, even not even in the attorney industry. Right. Um, I've just blatantly joked around and I was like, we don't get anything off a hundred dollar budget a day. And I went in there one day and I was like, thousand dollar budget a day. Right. They gave me two clicks still. I'm like, you could have burned a thousand dollars today if you guys had the capability to do it. But you didn't have the capability to do it, so you just didn't charge us anything. It was it was weird. I wonder I wonder if people just aren't clicking. I mean, what what you don't know because you don't have the control with local services ads that you do with a typical pay-per-click, but it actually begs the question, you know, when you raise the budget, and I never raise the budget, you know, 10 times in a day. But were your impressions 10 times more? I, you know, they could be. True, true. People just aren't clicking on the local services ads. Right. Uh, maybe because they're new. Uh, maybe because there's a lack of information on them. Who knows? I mean, they're really just a glorified uh, Google My Business listing and not a lot of information. Right. I was almost saying that if they switched it up and because it's at the top and it's above the ads, they didn't confuse the consumer at all. The consumer all, always knows the ads are at the top. 
So what me and my partner have been throwing around, I'm like, these guys could be masterminds if they just drop their same locals ads pack and put it right under the map pack in their first position. They'd confuse oh, everyone. Yeah, but if they go up on mobile, which most people are using, right, right. the problem is if it's I don't know if people scroll that far down, which makes the map pack so important. So much more important. Yeah. Right, right. Because you know, organic being number one, well, you know, it's great, but somebody still has to scroll, you know, past the map pack. Definitely. Yeah, I know that makes sense. I, well, I like Google services ads for saturation, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's an end all be all from a marketing strategy. I said it's a good brand awareness strategy too, because it has a face there too. So it's like first thing is putting that face in the people's eyes. So definitely helps on that brand awareness side. Um, all right, we're hopping into a couple of the last questions here. I'm ready. So <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. Okay. You had to start over today. We're back to 2006. What would you do differently in creating your law firm? If anything, because you honestly started it pretty damn good. No, 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 no. You know, I would have went remote a little bit a little sooner. Um, I think the pandemic has taught me today. I went to a hearing. Uh, we're not having most of our hearings are still over the phone or on Zoom. But this one was an in-person hearing and involved uh, multiple businesses, et cetera. Just the kind of thing that you need to do in person. Um, so I, I went to a hearing today and then I came back to my house instead of going to the office uh, to work from home. And before the pandemic, I would never do that. My office was almost like a store. And I always thought, that store doesn't open unless I'm there. Mm -hmm. And I could have made my life a lot easier if I set up a home office a little bit sooner. Um, maybe if I went to voice over IP a little bit sooner with the phones. Uh, maybe if I went to a VPN, virtual private network, a little bit sooner. Um, and what I'm doing now is I'm doing one day a week out of the office. And truthfully, I think it's going to add five years to my career, um, you know, especially driving into the city every day. I think that's one thing I would do differently. And my employees and the lawyers, they have the flexibility to work from home as well. I mean, we're for the most part, we're in the office. All of us, there's 13 of us. We're there every day. We work together. But I think it gives people tremendous flexibility. Um, I probably haven't worked. I, I've never worked as many hours as I have during the pandemic. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I think that's a product of everything is harder. Everything takes longer. Um, you know, people are working from home and there's not that communication where I'm just going to walk down the hall and ask this person and I'll let you know. Now it's, I'll get back to you in three days when that person checks their email. It's very frustrating, but Everything takes longer. There's more follow-up. But I think what I would have done is given myself the flexibility uh, to do that. But I wanted to be there. I wanted to be on the phone. I, I, I mean, I wanted to be in person 
you know, rather than on the phone. And I say I would have done that differently, but I don't know if I would have accepted it. And I don't know if my clients would have accepted it. Now it's expected. You know, when people call, they say, oh, the appointment's over the phone. I don't need to come in. And we say, yes, but that is one thing that I would have done differently because it has been, you know, it has been great. Even that one day a week, if I work till six o'clock, I don't have the commute home. I didn't have right. the commute in the morning. And that's really, really nice. Um, I don't think that's major in the scope of the practice. Um, you know, I really can't think of, I, I love the area of bankruptcy. I wouldn't, I would not say, oh, I wish I did personal injury or I wish I did, you know, more in the family law side. I really like what I do. I like uh, the predictability of bankruptcy, and I like the result of bankruptcy. I, I say re- bankruptcy is the most powerful tool in all of law. So I, I love the area of practice. Um, you know, I'm always trying, how can I practice it better? How can I do more for the client? Um, I'm always thinking about that. So I, I would never say, oh, I wish I could have done more. Uh, That's not the case. Um, So I think it would be just changing the inner workings of the practice that I could have given myself and uh, employees flexibility a little bit sooner. That's awesome. I could not agree more. Right before the pandemic hit, we had an office geared to buy and we could not have came in at the certain time we literally were about to close in March and that was when everything started happening. So we're like pushed it off. And if we were commuting every single day, the amount of hours that I would get done in actual work would just be, I would like close to say half just because of the mentality of still commuting to work, walking into work, taking a lunch break now, doing lunch break. (laughs) We will do that. No, nah, no. Business, business owners don't do it, but apparently no, normal employees do. <laughs> That's awesome. So I definitely could not agree more. This next question is going to bank off that a little bit more. So okay. if you had to start over, what would you do differently in marketing your law firm? Mm. Well, definitely not advertising the yellow pages. <laughs> What would I do differently in marketing? I I think I would have done email marketing a little bit earlier. Okay. Um, Drip marketing to recapture. Yeah. I I think I see the value of that now where, you know, I said, well, you know, bankruptcy is the kind of thing if they need you, they're going to call you. Well, not necessarily because with drip marketing campaigns, you know, they will call, you know, a week two weeks, three weeks later. So, you know, we've implemented, you know, reminders for appointments. And if someone fills out a form, you know, there's a drip marketing campaign that they get. Um, That's really proved to be valuable. Definitely. Because people are so busy and it's that, I don't want to say constant, but that weekly, you know, reminder, hey, we're still here for you. You know, it does work. Definitely. 
I got a drip feed that goes out to about uh, 500 attorneys a week. So I know all about the drip feeds, and they're definitely <laughs> exactly what you said, though. They'll call you three weeks later, four weeks later from right. the trip, and you're like, oh, this this lead washed out. They've opened my email five times without connecting back, and then they connect back. You're just like, this yeah. is crazy. <laughs> Very unpredictable, but it does work. Definitely. All right. Well, we're at our last bonus question here, and then I won't take any more of your right. time. And thank That's you all great. the audience for listening up until this time. I'm sure you've gotten some great value from Brad here. So this bonus question, we've uh -oh. talked about it. We know the pandemic has shifted everybody's mindset around business in general, especially the law industry. What challenges have impacted your law firm? the most within this and then how would you say you've overcome the biggest challenge the pandemic yeah oh, i think it's been i think it's been employees um you know we've had and most places that i've you know spoken to they've had turnover um you know and uh we've had to replace people that were with us for a while that moved on to other places after business kind of opened up you know one of the problems with um being the number one bankruptcy lawyer in philadelphia if somebody else is running a practice and they're getting a little bit busier well somebody's going to get a lot of experience from us so they're going to kind of be cherry picked and then those people have to be replaced and i want to replace them you know, if they have to be replaced, I want somebody better. Um, and there are better people out there, but it's still, you know, a turnover. And, uh, you know, people get acclimated with their cases and the people. And uh, that's been tough um, because we've actually had um, a little less than 20% of our staff turnover in the past year and a half which is a very high number for us because before that I had people that were with me for four, five, six, seven years. Right. Uh, so I think what the pandemic created is that lack of continuity. And, um, you, you know, that's been a challenge and uh, we've been able to overcome it and we've been able to hire great people. Um, you know, I said this about, five years ago, and I'm going to say it again, we have the best team that we've ever had. You know, if, if this was a professional football team, you would hear that every year. I don't say it every year, <laughs> but um, we, we literally have the best team that we ever ha had before. Um, we just really have amazing people. Um, we, we recently hired a lawyer who actually graduated uh, law school a year after me, and, and he is great. He is absolutely great. He actually came from a competitor. Um, and and um, I wish I practiced with him, you know, for the past 10 plus years. Right. Uh, he is that good. And it's so nice to have somebody in the office that we can bounce ideas <sighs> off of and just gain from that experience. And I feel like, oh, it's not all on me. I also have an, an, another lawyer who's a rather new lawyer in our practice, and she had graduated law school um, a year ahead of me. 
And um, she has a tremendous amount of experience in New Jersey. And she has been instrumental in allowing us to grow our New Jersey practice um, where again, it's not all, all on me. Um, so we have really turned over our staff, uh, whether it's lawyers or support staff. Uh, we, we've had a lot of changes, uh, but you know, they're really for the better. And it's, uh, it's actually better for the clients. True. And, Definitely. Well, if you got the best team that you you've had, it's definitely better for your clients. Yeah. Hopefully, the Eagles are following that statement up this year. I don't think this year they are. (laughs) I think I think this year it's a we're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna do our best. We're gonna clear some cap space, and uh, you know hopefully we'll have a repeat of 2017 and we'll go back to the Super Bowl. Time will tell. But uh, it could be worse. We could be the Colts. They have Carson Wentz. Thank them for taking. It could, be the, could be the Lions after that game last the night. <laughs> Giants. Right? True, true. Well, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much today, Brad. It was an honor having you on the show. Honor yeah, having- thank you, Jason. Anybody that's listening, and uh, if they listen to me for an hour or so, uh, you get an award. I don't know what it is, but thank you. And if anyone has any questions about, you know, about internet marketing, call Jason. If you have questions about bankruptcy or related areas of law, call us. <laughs> definitely, definitely call you guys on the bankruptcy side of it. So that is awesome. Thank you very much for joining us again. And I'm sure that every single person that stayed here for the whole hour has learned some valuable information about their practice today. So that is what we came here today. And thank you for delivering that. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Bye for now, Jason. Take care. Have a great morning. Thanks for joining us today for Legal Marketing Station with Jason. We hope you received a valuable legal marketing tip from today's episode. Be sure to leave any comments or questions you have. And stay tuned for future episodes with your host, Jason Craver.